Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. Man, we're so glad you're here with us. Uh, for those of you who are new here, can we give all of our first time guests a round of applause to say, hey, thanks for coming. We're so glad you're here. We, um, we're so glad you're here. Uh, for those of you who don't know if this is your first time, uh, my name's Braden. Uh, I'm the senior leader of the church. We've got the church here in Lubbock that we just planted. Um, I think this is week 10. Is this, am I, am I right? Is this week 10? So we are, we are just getting started. And uh, we came from Midland, Texas. Uh, we've got a, another church in Midland. Felt like the Lord told us to move to Lubbock to set up a hub for West Texas. And we feel like we're supposed to plant churches all over West Texas and Eastern New Mexico, one in Eastern Mexico that we know of. And so we just believe that we're just getting started and really, really happy to be in Lubbock. Lubbock's kind of my hometown. I was telling Sean only over here, uh, I actually graduated high school just like one block that direction, a little Christian school. And so Lubbock's home for me, but we're really, really glad you're here. Uh, have something very special uh, today. Uh, we got a friend of mine. I met Sean. How many of you guys know who Sean Foyt is? Anybody know who Sean? Most of you guys do. Uh, Sean, I met Sean uh, actually about a year ago, actually, uh, on a, at a deer camp. Uh, we, we talk 90%, or we talk about the things of God about 10% of the time. 90% of the time, we talk about where we're going hunting next. So, uh, I, 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 yeah, just the, they are the things of God. So, uh, but anyway, um, no, we're just honored to have him. I just, Sean's one of those guys. We, we were talking about this last night at my, at my house. There's some people that when I look at what they do, watch what they do, and get around them, I realize you just have something I don't. And one of our uh, desires here as the church is to make sure that you're not just getting one aspect of who God is. The Bible says that we all know in part and prophesy in part. Every person has a part to bring. And so one of my jobs as a leader, I feel like, is to make sure uh, that you get to see all the things that God is doing, all the, all, the, all the aspects of his personality, his character, and his goodness. And so one of the ways we do that is we just bring in people that we know just carry something special. And so Sean's one of those guys, and we're honored to have him here with us this morning. So if you would, just welcome Sean Foyt. Thank you. West Texas. I want to give a shout out to the moms in the room. Raise your hand if you're a mom. Actually, stand up. Um, all the moms stand up. Here's the thing. We live in a culture where there's like a war against motherhood. Anybody with me? There is. And I mean, there was a term that came out yesterday or a couple days ago. Now we're supposed to call you birthing persons. Sen uh, a U.S. congressman said that. Now we need to call you birthing persons. And there's a war against motherhood. But and, and the thing is, is because you have a mandate and a calling to crush the head of the serpent. That was the promise that God gave Eve, you know. And so I, I just want to pray over the moms. Can we do that? This is a picture of my wife. I want to throw her up there. She's a hero, a legend. If you have that picture, it's my four kids. This is Kate, my high school sweetheart, and um, I love, I love, love, love my wife. So grateful for her. We couldn't do anything um, that we do today if it wasn't for my wife. Of course, I love what God is doing in Lubbock because there is a championing of moms, and they are getting together. The last time I was here, I'll go into the prophetic journey in a minute, standing for pro-life, 
standing that this would be a sanctuary city. And it's a lot of moms that are intercessors that took that charge. And so we want to honor you. So extend your hand to these moms if you're around them. And let's just bless them today. Actually, just tell them, just say, you're a hero. Yeah, you're a hero. I gave my wife the gift of sleep today. She's excited. (laughs) It's all she wanted. (laughs) Lord, I thank you for these moms. Lord, we just honor them. We treasure them. Lord, we, we place immense value of heaven on them today. We bless them, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for, 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 for their courage, for their resilience, Lord. We thank you, God, for all the hidden things that so many of them do that we never see. God, I just pray today you would lavish your blessings upon them, Lord, that they would feel your presence, that they would feel esteemed, that they would feel loved, that they would feel valued. We bind the attack of the enemy on their life in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that they have victory, that they are overcomers. And we thank you, Jesus, Lord, that you have raised them up for such a time as this to be moms in, the, in, in this hour of culture, Lord, that are going to stand for truth and righteousness and raise their families and raise their children to know you, God. And we just pray, Lord, that today that they would leave this place just, just carrying a joy today that they've never experienced before or haven't maybe in a long time. God, fill them with hope. Fill them with strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on. Come on, give them a hand. I have something I want to share with you guys, but first, I'm, this is my classic Mother's Day, um, my Mother's Day verse that is really powerful, and it may sound a little provocative, but it's true. Moms are so powerful that only they have the ability to manipulate God. Some of you guys are looking at me. like. So you have this story in John chapter 1 uh, where, and you can turn there if you want because this is straight Bible, right? John, actually, John chapter 2 where Jesus turns the water into wine. <laughs> this is my favorite part. So, <laughs> so Jesus' mom, this is, this is profound, and I grew up with a really strong mom. She, she's no joke, you know. My, my mom, she doesn't play games. I have, grew up with three sisters, and so, and I was the only boy, and I got in trouble a lot. And Anyway, but my mom's amazing, and, and when I, I remember reading this one of the first times, and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, like only a mom could talk to God the way that Mary did. Jesus comes to her. Actually, they're at a party, and the, in the party, they run out of wine. Like this, this is Jesus' first miracle. They run out of wine. They have no more wine. And Jesus' mom goes, hey, we're out of wine. It may be a good time for you to start your miracle. And, and just think about this for a minute. Like, this is God. Like, he probably didn't dream of starting his first miracle, giving more wine to people that have already had too much wine. That's probably not what he had in mind. In fact, we know that's not what he had in mind because he told Mary, hey, mom, it's not my time yet. This is straight out of scripture. So Jesus, God in the flesh, tells Mary, hey, I'm actually not supposed to start my miracle journey right now. Sorry, mom. And I love this. It's classic. Mary goes, oh, I'll tell you when it's your time. (laughs) 
And she orders them, she orders them to bring the empty things of wine to Jesus. I mean, it's, this is so powerful. Like, this tells you the strength of a mom. Let's just give it up for moms. Come on. One more time. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you when it's your time, Jesus. You're going to do it right now. He's like, all right, mom. Whatever you say. Oh, man, what a great day. Um, I want to say this. For those of you that, how many of you guys live in Lubbock? Just raise your hands. Okay, so most of you guys. I, I don't, I really want you to capture, I was thinking about it this morning, the unique, beautiful thing that God has happening in this city and that, it has, that he has in store. I think sometimes we can, uh, especially in a, a religious context in a place with a lot of churches, we can be really familiar with a God that we barely know. And just like Jacob, we can say, wow, the presence of the Lord was there and I, I was not aware of it. And I feel like this is a season where the church in Lubbock needs to become really aware of what God's doing. And I'll just give you my own journey on that. Well, first of all, you have an incredible worship team. Like, that's, that's a pretty weak, like, clap. Like, like, let me just explain to you. I travel around America. No one in the last year has traveled to more cities in America than me. There's not a politician, there's not a, a, a minister that's gone to more cities. For us, this was city number 86 to, uh, last night. So I've been to some places, I've seen a lot. You guys have a rock star A++++ worship team at this church. And it's amazing. And... And you're drawing more people. And it's like, God, what are you doing? You're drawing all these worship leaders to Lubbock, Texas. Right? They're coming. <laughs> it's windy here, bro. <laughs> they're, 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 they're coming to this city. Why is God doing that? Like, I just want to explain to you, that doesn't happen in towns like this. And I'm like thankful for what God's, like, I want you guys to know this is a supernatural thing what the Lord's doing. He's drawing people here. He's, God is setting the table for an incredible season in this city. And a little bit of the history for me, um, and actually, by the way, we have a team that's been, that's traveling across America. They're, they're being, last night, uh, raise your hands if you're here on our team. This is the Burnwagon team. Come on, let's give them a hand. Uh, there's about 12 of them here from across America, and they're going to be going to seven different cities over the next, you know, week or two, and they're starting their journey in Lubbock, Texas, which I think is awesome. Um, but I wanted to say that I feel, um, you know, I, I, was, I was at home in Northern California, and I was praying into what God had coming. This is a few months ago, and uh, I, I, I'm a map guy. Like, I love maps. I always have since I was a kid. Like, I've just been fascinated with them, you know. Uh, when I was growing up, that's the first thing I would do when I would get on a plane is open the map, and I would pray over the map. And I had the National Geographic um, wall map in my room growing up as a kid. And, you know, it was a part of my calling was to go to the nations. And I've been to almost 70 different countries. And brought my kids with me, my little daughter, who's, who's um, 10 years old. She's like 40 stamps in her passport, you know. And our, my kids have grown up going to some of the hardest and darkest places in the world. Um, but I had my map open, and the Lord just highlighted West Texas to me. This is a couple months ago. 
like just in prayer. And I'm just like, what, West Texas? And I've been out here a little bit throughout the years in ministry, but not a whole lot. Um, But the Lord just began to speak to me about a rumbling and a shaking and a sound that's gonna come out of West Texas. And so I began praying about it. I was like, God, I don't know what this is, but I just want to be, I just want to answer your call. And at that time, like we were going to cities and seeing, we were just in the midst of a crazy outpouring of revival like I've never seen in America. And I just felt like, I was like, man, this is kind of a random place to go to, but like, I'll respond. And so we, we, uh, I began to see all of these earthquakes happening in West Texas all at the same time. Like it was I know you guys get little ones here and there, but it was like an abnormal amount in a week. Um, and, and the Lord began to speak to me. And so we planned to come out here, and this was a few months ago, and worship. We didn't know if anyone would come. We, we felt like we were supposed to release a sound. We had um, almost 4,000 people that showed up. Who were there at the first Let Us Worship? It was amazing, wasn't it? The, the altar ministry, the people that ran down to the front, the dust, good God. Um, woo. And, uh, and, and, and yet in the midst of that, we persevered. God showed up. It was really powerful. And then I felt like the Lord said, keep striking the ground, keep striking the ground. We don't return a lot of times to the same cities that we go to because there's just so many different places God's calling us to. But there are cities where I feel like we're called to strike the ground. Like, you know, Elisha said, the prophet, keep striking it, keep striking it, keep striking it. And so um, last night we gathered together in 96 degrees and 40 mile per hour winds, praise Jesus, uh, to strike the ground again, you know? And it's, it's not to me about, I mean, I couldn't believe it. We had a thousand people that showed up last night. I mean, let's give the Lord a hand. Like, that, that's pretty incredible. Like, in that kind of weather, like, this, and this is what I love about this season. We have a tagline that says, the church has left the building. The enemy came in in 2020 with this demonic virus, released this thing. Then you had these crazy politicians that shut the church down. Then you had the, the virus, but you had the fear of the virus, which was worse than the virus. And then you have all this stuff, and then you have depression skyrocketing, alcoholism and drug use exploding. You have, you know, businesses being shut down, and all the while the churches were closed. And the enemy thought he, he'd pull a fast one. Oh, I got him. It was like, no, no, we're taking the party outside. We don't need the four walls. This is a season where the church is going to show up in, in, in downtown streets. The church is going to show up on beaches. And the Lord led us on a journey, you know, started in California, which I think is powerful because it's the most restrict, it was the most restrictive state in America. We're the first to shut down, the most intense with our regulations. And yet in the midst of all this, God was like, I'm going to birth a worship movement. Here's the thing that I love about it, like, the church is getting raw and gritty again. Like we've, we've just, and I feel like in the pandemic, this whole season, there was a while there where I feel like we were too safe. We were, you know, cool church, you know, trying to so hard to be relevant, trying to fit in. And now it's just like the Lord is reminding us who we really are again. The church is a big deal on the earth. We're not a Christian club. 
This is not about three fast and three slow. And if you're expecting for the same church to look the same post-COVID, newsflash, it's a different church. We've seen it in every city across America. It doesn't matter if it's Portland, Oregon, a block from the worst riding in America where they're burning 20 copies of the Bible in violence. Guess what? 6,000 Christians showed up in downtown Portland. And they worshiped. In Seattle and Chop, you know, me and my wife were just doing an interview because we're working on a little documentary. We were in Chop, the autonomous zone or whatever they call it, you know. No police, no whatever. And we were like, okay, well, we're going to come and worship here. God still owns this real estate. So we showed up and 3,000 Christians showed up. Nobody had ever seen anything like that. You know, Antifa was circling around my family with knives. I mean, it was crazy. But yet the presence of God was there. We had a satanic high priest give his life to Jesus. We had, we had angry white BLM protesters being led to the Lord by a black preacher. <laughs> it was powerful. And, and there's a movement. And so I want to just, this is, this is, we're in the midst. I, I, I released this op-ed. I was going to read it, but I don't want to take the time this morning. You can research it on, it was posted on several news sites. About the church looking different. About us coming out of an identity crisis to remember who we are. And I had this revelation. I want you to turn to Matthew 16. I had this revelation uh, from watching the movie, the movie Lion King with my kids. Anybody seen Lion King? A few of you guys? It's like my world, man, with my kids. And, um, and I have three boys, and they just, all they want to see is like, just, they're boys. They just want animals and craziness and wildness. And, and they, you know, they love the dramatic parts of Lion King, but there's a part where... Um, Simba lost his father. His dad died. He got lost in the wilderness. He forgot who he was. It's like the mopey lion walking around. You guys remember that scene? And like scars, like trying to find him to, to, to kill him. And he's just like, like so dejected and hopeless and, and, and feels like he's forgotten. He's having an identity crisis. And then he turns over and he, he's passing by a puddle and he looks in the puddle and he sees a reflection of his father. He doesn't see the hopeless, pathetic, depressed lion that he actually is, but he sees a prophetic picture of what he's called to be. You all with me this morning? This is the season we're in right now in America. I think we're you know, really hardcore yesterday, and we are, worshiping and seeing a move of God happen in 40 mile per hour winds. It's crazy. And then I get back to the hotel and I find out that this pastor that I know, Pastor Pulowski in Calgary, Canada, was drug off into the middle of the street and handcuffed and taken to prison for having church. This is a Polish pastor. He grew up in communism. And the interesting thing is, is that when the Lord's brought us into these cities, the most fiery people that are with us, like I couldn't find like musicians or sound guys or anybody to go into Portland and Seattle with me until I met the Russians. 
I met some crazy Russians. Oh, true story. I, feel, I told my wife, I said, I feel like we have a call to go into this. I couldn't, nobody from my own church, nobody, no, no, nobody would roll with me. They're like, no, nah, we've been seeing what's happening there. And I was like, God, you got to have some people. And I get a call from this Russian guy, Brother Sean, we will go with you. And I said, well, why do you want to come with me? You know, you have, you know, you're, you're sacrificing $60,000 of sound gear and all this stuff. And he's like, because we refuse to allow this country to become like the one that we fled. So they said, let's go. So we went and it, it took the courage and the boldness of those pastors. So yesterday, I'm, you know, thinking we're hardcore and I was going to post this thing. We're so passionate. We're out here in Texas and the wind and the dust, you know, because I got home and I was like, ah, it was like dust all in my mouth. What is wrong with this place? <laughs> And, uh, and, uh, and then I see these pictures and I see this video of Pastor Pulowski being ripped out of his church into the street like an animal and being handcuffed and drugged through the street because he wanted to have church. This isn't Canada. This is not like, you know, I mean, I mean, and, 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 and we're, we're in this intense season. I, I don't say that. I'm not a fear-mongering person. I'm actually really happy joyful person. You got to have a lot of optimism to do what we're called to do. But we're entering a new era where it's like Billy Graham said, when a courageous man takes a stand, the spines of everyone else are stiffened. And so first, I want to encourage you and thank you for taking a stand to be a sanctuary city in America. Bless you guys. I don't know why you all aren't really happy about that. that I mean, that's incredible. Like, that's incredible. That, that is like, that's why we wanted to worship last night. I'm like, we're going to party for that. Like, that's a big deal. I, I, I've been praying since I was a teenager, 16 years old, that God would reverse the curse of abortion in America, that what started at the Dallas courthouse would shift in a generation. I had no idea that the first largest sanctuary city would be in West Texas. It's amazing. It's a call of God on this place. Amen? Matthew 16, so Peter was in an identity crisis and, uh, and, and I, just, I just love it, you know, like I read, I read these stories and I get a lot of hope because these are disciples that like actually walked and talked with Jesus every day for three years. They saw the miracles, they saw the signs and wonders, they were there for the Sermon on the Mount. They, they were, as Paul said, eyewitnesses of his majesty. They experienced these incredible moments and yet they still had seasons of doubt and discouragement and depression and they didn't get it and they fell away and they had to be reminded. And so in Matthew 16, we have this amazing moment where Jesus starts asking Peter, who do you say I am? This is the season we're in in the church in America. God is saying, who do you say I am? In the midst of cancel culture, in the midst of the intensity of, of all the stuff we've gone through and all these elections and all these things that get us fired up and heightened up, Jesus is saying, no, no, only one thing matters. Who do you say that I am? And Peter goes, uh, uh, well, you know, I mean, I, mean I, was, I was on Twitter the other day and they said that you're this. And, and I was, you know, I mean, I was on CNN and they said you're this I was on Fox News and they said you were this and Peter starts telling him what everyone else thinks about him 
Jesus goes, no, 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 that wasn't my question. I want to know what do you think? That's the only thing that matters. The most important thing in our life, the most important thing in our belief system is what do we believe about Jesus? Nothing else matters. And at the end of our days, we will have to answer that question to one person and one person alone. We don't respond to the mob. We don't respond to the, you know, people on social media. We don't respond to the, pe- the people that like, that, that's not who we're responsible for. We're responsible for an audience of one. And so anyway, you see this story, Peter, Peter in verse 16, he says, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God, you know, and it's like all the angels in heaven are like, oh, finally, gosh. It's like, dude, like they've been working overtime to try to help convince Peter, you know, they're like, ding, 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 ding. He finally got it. It only took him three years, you know. So he says, you're the son of the living God. And he professed the truth that was revealed to him about who God is. And only out of that place can God return and reveal our destiny. This is why the self-help gospel does not work. (laughs) You can look in there as much as you want. You ain't going to find the answers. Come on, I'm preaching to y'all this morning. You can try to, you know, go to all the therapists, and I believe, I believe in that stuff. You should do that. Find the Enneagram, find out about yourself, self-discovery, all that stuff. This generation's into that, I'm into that. But that's, that can't be the end all. You yourself don't bring definition to you yourself. <laughs> Y'all hearing me? I don't know how I have this much energy, espresso and the Holy Ghost. We've been four nights in a row. Okay, so it says this. It says, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by the flesh and blood. In other words, Jesus is saying, you didn't hear this from the news. You didn't hear this from, from culture. You didn't hear this from, that. this was revealed to you by the Father. And then he says, and I tell you that you are Peter. Since you have correctly defined who I am, I'm going to define who you are. You are Peter, and on this rock. That word rock means ecclesia. The word ecclesia does not mean cool Christian club. It doesn't mean 90-minute service so we can feel better about ourselves and punch in our time card for going to church as if God gives a rip about that. That word, ecclesia, means the ruling body government. That means the church that actually brings transformation to the earth. On this rock, I will build my ecclesia, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Why do you think there's such a massive war for worship in this generation? Now, you know, I, I live in a state where our governor like literally told us we can't sing in church. To which we all like laughed. We're like, who the heck do you think you are? We never have a biblical precedent to allow the government to tell us how to worship God. 
I thought I was in Texas. I'm going to say that again. Wait. There's never a biblical precedent to allow the government to define how you worship God. We have 2,000 years of history in the church of worshiping through pandemic, through persecution, through intensity. Like, we don't stop for nothing. In fact, when, when, when the governor released that order, uh, I had my friends, this is true, I had my friends in Iraq, in Iran, in Saudi Arabia, in China, and these nations that are persecuted, they were texting me. They were saying, hey, Sean, like, you're not going to listen to this guy, are you? I was like, well, I mean, you know, they were like, haven't we taught you anything from all of our time with you? I was getting my encouragement in this season from the persecuted church. Not from the American church. I was getting my, my encouragement from them because they've seen some things. And, and, and our battle's not against flesh and blood. It's not against governors and whatever. Our battle is a spiritual one, but Satan wants us to shut up. Stay home. Watch a screen. Be, you know, be fearful. Don't get together. Don't, don't establish the government of God. That happens when we worship. And I love it how Jesus tells Peter, hey, listen, man, like, you're a really big deal. You may think you're fragile. You may be coming out of an identity crisis. But I want to remind you who you are. You are the ecclesia. You're the ruling body government. When you bind stuff, it's bound. When you lose stuff, it's loosed. You carry divine authority. And I just want to encourage you guys. I want to bring it of a word of encouragement today. That having traveled in all these cities and seen these moves of God in all of these places, there is a church in America that is rising up to worship and they will not be silent. People are getting saved. People are getting healed. People are getting delivered. I love it. We have all the, the craziest testimonies. We had a, in, 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 uh, in, in uh, what was it, Pismo Beach, one of the last cities we were in, we had a Rastafarian guy on a bike that was riding by, just heard the music because we set up on the beach, by the beach. And he started riding down and by the end of the service, he's at the front lay, laying prostrate took out three of his crack pipes, broke them on the altar, gave his life to Jesus, didn't know what else to do. He had four crumpled dollar bills in his pocket, put them on the stage. Said, I'm all in. In every city we're seeing suicide broken, depression, heaviness, all of this stuff from the last season. We had a guy that came down front through his strip club membership card. He was a premier member of a strip club membership. And he threw it on the stage and he says, I'm done. People battling same-sex attraction. People battling, uh, you know, drug and alcohol use. Like getting freed in the presence of God. This is what happens when we worship and pray. Things change, amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out RenewLifeChurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon. 